Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. Weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of August 6, 2023. So, personal note, to take my mind off of things, I started writing a book on data mesh success metrics. It is looking like it will actually morph into three books, and I didn't really want to write one, and still have to write Jamak's uh, book's reading companion, so there's four books that are probably coming out in the next, you know, eight, nine months for me. But it's looking like I'm going to have one on success factors, one on success metrics, and really one on frameworks for measuring business value generated from data work. On the, the original book, I'm already at almost 150 pages in eight, nine days, but that should probably be edited down to eight, 80 to 90 pages. But anyway, my point is writing is really, really hard. <laughs> so your call to action this week is to write a small LinkedIn post thanking the author of one of your favorite data or business books. Just Give them some feedback. Let them know that what they did mattered. So what's on tap for this week? On Monday, we have episode 246, Making Federated Data Governance Approachable and Effective with Kinda Elmari. So Kinda and I discussed how you can prevent the big issues that are kind of a core data governance remit, but still be flexible and help your organization iterate towards being better, right? That you're not that blocker. Basically, how to be an accelerant, reducing friction, instead of kind of the traditional view of governance as being a wet blanket. That includes always assessing where there are data literacy gaps so you can improve, you know, the different aspects of the organization's capabilities. How do you be that, that friction reduction instead of yet another gate? But data mesh isn't a magic wand. You know, as Kinda said, federation reduces bottlenecks, but it adds a lot of complexity. So be ready for that. A lot of people think that data mesh solves everything. And as Jamak has said, nope, it just creates new problems. There are a, a few controversial points as well that she made. So make sure to check out the episode. I think there's some things to really consider how you think about this stuff. On Friday, there's episode 247, Data Mesh Implementation Success Metrics, The Data Platform, Mesh Musings number 52. So some key takeaways from this one. As I mentioned in the previous Mesh Musings, at the start, it's more important to start measuring something than it is to measure the right things. Do not let analysis paralysis of what would be the perfect measure. Don't let that hold you back. Start measuring as early as you can. If you are already late in your journey and you haven't been early at measuring, the best 
time to have started was at the beginning. The, the second best time is now. But start measuring to figure out what actually matters. And that will also change over time. You don't need to have the same metrics throughout your implementation journey. In fact, that's probably an anti-pattern. Similarly, your success metric measurement framework in general will probably suck to start. Oh, well, get measuring. Look to fitness functions, right? They really force you to define what good would look like. And then you can start to measure back from, are we doing well to, you know, from what does good look like? Data mesh really is a journey. And so will be how you measure success. You will need to find small and simple ways to measure, right? Don't get bogged down. Don't think you have to measure everything. You don't have to measure everything right now. Nothing has to be perfect. Your measurements will be rough and honestly kind of depressing at the start with the amount of challenges you have to tackle. Just understand that this is about how well you are doing, not how complete you are in your journey. There is always more to do, so you will always have, oh, I'm, I'm not perfect on this or this or this. Of course, you're not. No one is. Good metrics to consider for the platform specifically, success metrics, user satisfaction, time to deploy new products or time to update existing ones, you know, a lot of where there's friction, ease of use, which kind of blends into all of the other metrics, searchability, discoverability for data products and and information in general, you know, ease of interconnection kind of blends into that for, can you find the interconnections and then can you actually do queries that interconnect them? Mean time to detect and mean time to recovery from issues. So kind of health metrics, governance, guardrails, and automation helpful artifacts. I'm writing the the chapter for this right now in the success metrics books. And uh, that's gotten to be a quite long chapter because there's so many places that you could measure, but that you don't have to, to measure, right? Just start to think about where there is friction, like right? measure where there is friction and how you reduce it if possible. I have some ideas here, but what is the, you know, extra value add to the business? Something that the platform was the genesis of, right? Like how could you, how could you think about where you're adding additional value at the platform level rather than just removing friction? And lastly, reflect back on how far you've come. We often forget to do that in data and I think especially in data mesh. So with that, on to the extended summary for Kinda's episode. Extended summary for episode 246, Making Federated Data Governance Approachable and Effective. An interview with Kinda Elmari, who in this episode I interviewed Kinda, who is the Director of Data Governance at Prima. She was previously also at uh, HelloFresh and was uh, a leader in their data governance approach to their mesh implementation. To be clear, she was only representing her own views on the episode. So Kinda started off discussing the traditional view of centralized data governance and the stigma around the phrase data governance. Because the legacy way were a a team that didn't really understand many of the key business aspects around 
the data itself, the policies and guardrails in data governance were not designed to make creating data assets or projects or products or whatever you call kind of the end stage. They weren't designed to make it easy. You know, this decoupling of understanding from decisions led to lots of bottlenecks and data mesh is specifically designed in part to eliminate those very specific bottlenecks. That was one of the reasons why Schmack added that fourth pillar um, when she came out with her second blog post on on that, that she specifically called out governance as another pillar instead of just kind of wrapped into the other three. However, as Kinda pointed to, the federated governance model of data mesh brings a whole new layer of complexity to data governance. So talking federated governance can create anxiety that there will be even more bottlenecks. But really, for many things, it makes governance far easier. Crucial point of data mesh is to unlock the ability to quickly react at the domain level by giving those domains the ability to make, you know, most of their own decisions and easily lean on expertise of that central team when they need to, right? When they need that help, they know where to go, but not every decision needs help, right? Kinda talked about good communication around governance. You know, focus on the why. What are you doing to drive value via governance instead of the toolbox angle of here are our policies and our standards and things like that. If people understand the why, they're more likely to lean into the extra work Data Mesh puts on their plates. So start from listening and talking pain points, theirs and other people within the organization. If you are showing they are heard and that you're addressing their pain points to drive value, governance isn't so scary for them. One aspect of data mesh that people seem to get a bit wrong in Kinda's view, and I strongly agree, is that federation versus centralization balance. You need to understand each domain's capability and overall maturity level. It's okay to start with most of the governance centralized if a domain isn't ready yet. It will be a bottleneck to have that centralized, but it's a known bottleneck that is taken as a conscious choice. Um, Sarita Baxt in her episode way back, I think it's like 42 or so, has talked a, a lot about that conscious choice and that it's different for each domain and that you don't want to say this is our only approach because then you're kind of doing a centralized approach, you know, kind of a, this is the the way that it must be for everybody. So I think it's really important to understand that not everything is suddenly decentralized if it doesn't make sense to. Sometimes in Kinda's experience, domains will want to move on pushing out a data product before they and or the organization is actually ready for them to, to kind of get that data product out there. That's okay. Just make sure that that domain understands what they own and that they will be kind of on their own. And at least it's okay as it isn't, you know, breaking regulatory compliance or something or anything like that. But it's okay to have things that aren't in compliance as long as everybody understands this is extra work for the the owner and that consumers, hey, consume at your own, you know, consumer beware kind of thing. Kinda believes that you should look to do away with the central data governance committee where you can. You want stakeholders engaged, of course, but you can move faster and with better decisioning 
by collaborating, not committeeing. And do blame me for that phrasing, not Kinda. For example, instead of creating a global data quality standard herself and pushing it out, Kinda created a hackathon around data quality measurement and the best solution, or really what was a combination of the best solutions, one, and that became what they were using at HelloFresh for their data quality measurement, right? Governance people should not look at federation as kind of a loss of control, according to Kinda, but instead it's freeing the governance people up to focus on where they can add the most value, creating those blueprints, standards, guardrails, etc. It's helping drive data literacy and data culture, and it's acting as an advisor when necessary. You don't want each domain to implement GPR or GDPR compliance, for instance. But at the end of the day, the people on the ground in the lines of business know the data better than someone with only a centralized view really ever could. So make it possible for them to make the right decisions and then apply those decisions easily, right? That's the computational aspect of the federated computational governance. A big misconception here is that it's handing over all control, but that's just not the case. When there are sensitive decisions or things that are of a bigger scale, you know, regulatory-related decisions, for instance, that's when the central team should be focusing on partnering the most. There are a few parts to Kinda's approach for driving buy-in for a domain to take data ownership. The first is that you have to understand each domain and person is different. There isn't a single script that just works. This keeps coming up in many, many episodes. There are people, th these are people that you're dealing with. Be prepared to customize the conversations and the solutions. Second, have an understanding of what ownership actually means so you can communicate expectations clearly. Hard to understand exactly what's needed at the very start of a journey but get as close as you can. This does come up quite a bit. I think if you're struggling on what does ownership actually mean, go talk to 10 people. Like, go talk to all the data governance people that have been on this podcast, the data governance people that, you know, just go on LinkedIn and literally search governance data mesh and then look for posts and start responding to people, right? Just have those conversations. And so back to Kinda's point of view. Uh, third, when Actually having the conversation with people about ownership, don't start from the expectations and new demands on them. Start from what you're doing to make it possible so they can actually take ownership of the data. That includes tooling, training, and realigning their KPI, KPIs or OKRs or whatever. So the data work is actually a key part of the role and measured results, right? If we keep just asking them to do additional work, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. For any data governance effort, Kinda believes you should make sure to focus on all three of technology, process, and people. The people aspect is the, the most overlooked, but your people are what provide scale by enabling the application of whatever governance work or governance policies and standards, they're the ones that are applying it. They're the people that provide the scale of the governance work that you're doing. In general, driving data culture is crucial for data governance in Kenda's view. Data literacy and culture is part of data governance, of course, but in general, 
to find your internal key enablers and to inject data as part of the business processes, you can't just create mandates or platforms. You need to make creating spaces for people to share ideas and especially celebrate each other part of your culture. For Kinda, when asked, you know, Jamak's provocative question of will we actually need a CDO in an organization doing data mesh, she and I agree the answer is yes. Because at least at the start, there needs to be someone running that central coordination and helping to make all the decisions around what to decentralize and when. And a very important one, doing the exec, to exec buy-in and communication, right? People don't just stay bought in. You need somebody that's constantly working with them to keep them bought in. So it's not just even the strategic, but it's it's that, you know, the strategic direction, but it's maintaining momentum and engagement. It's crucial. Thus, you know, in her view, in my view, a data leader is necessary. Kinda believes in a top-down and bottom-up approach to doing data governance in Data Mesh. The top-down is that executive buy-in and helping to change people's prioritizations. And then the bottom-up is focusing on the use case and making sure they have the necessary guardrails and processes as you continue to build those out. In wrapping up, Kinda shared a somewhat controversial controversial viewpoint on interoperability. While it is important, trying to focus on it too much will likely slow you down. She believes you shouldn't let interoperability get in the way of your work and you can't try to solve for all interoperability at the start. You know, personal note, I think this is a really interesting perspective. I don't know, you know, I've talked about this for a while. I don't know how much value comes from the data products themselves versus the interoperability points. And at some point there's a tipping point. So, you know, don't ignore interoperability. But at the start, as long as you provide yourself the flexibility to find those interoperability points later down the road and that you tell consumers things might change, then I think this could be an interesting strategy. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily, but it's something to consider. And then a few quick tidbits in wrapping up. If you are doing data governance right, it will remove friction instead of add additional overhead. At the start of a journey, the scales might not be as far in favor of removing friction. You'll probably be adding additional overhead as you learn how to remove that friction, but always look to build that out. That's a key success metric of what frictions are you removing as part of your governance. For every project or initiative, always, always, always Start by assessing your data literacy gaps. If you don't, you are setting people up for failure, right? You're saying, if you're not saying, (laughs) can you actually do this? And you're just saying, hey, I'm just going to hand this over to you and they're not ready. You're setting them up for failure. And then the final one, you can show success through your data governance program by measuring things like time to actionable insights. Metrics in general will play a big role in proving out success So try to measure what is changing and you will probably be bad at measuring at first, right? And it's okay. Just get out there and start measuring. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey, helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. 
Now on to that fun, funky little outro music. 